Hey everybody, this is Dean with the X-Files podcast. And I figured it was time to record a new intro for these repubs because that old one is, uh, I don't know, it's too old-timey radio for me. But uh, if you're listening to this uh, and you are a little bit confused why it says republished, it's because once upon a time, Josh and I did this project with the intent on just covering some of our favorites, and then we decided to... Uh, pull all of those episodes down and start over and do the whole thing sequentially. So what you're about to listen to is an episode that was recorded probably several years ago, which is kind of crazy, and uh, we're just redropping it now, hence the republished bracket to the right of the title in your little pod player. That said, expect some sound quality deviations, to say the least. Um, We were both operating on older equipment at the time, and uh, we have since refined that process with cool, new, fancy equipment because of the lovely support of all of our members. So, anything in the conversation that talks about or refers to our next picks, you have to just ignore, because obviously we're not doing that anymore. Okay, I think that's enough preamble for now. Let me step aside so you guys can listen to the X-Files podcasts by LSG Media. Broadcasting from a dark basement office, the FBI's most unwanted presents the X-Files podcast. And hello, thanks for anybody who tuned up and chat. You getting your fucking Christmas hangover started early? <laughs> <laughs> I'm double fisting. Yeah, fuck it. Whatever. Hmm. You know. I have one I'm, I'm I'm fucking drunk on my fantasy football victory. Yeah. Are you drinking anything or did you do the usual dean like went hard early? You know what? I did then- I'm I'm going I did a little I, I call this the I call this the flip flop. I went hard early. I had my sister and I were getting drunk together. <laughs> Very nice. We were hammering out. Like she was like, I got like these. Like she's like, I just want to do these fireball shots. I was like, Well, that's kind of like for children. And then I took three, and I was fucked because I don't have <laughs> fucking tolerance for liquor. And I was like, Okay, so I'm drunk at my dad's house. <laughs> and then I got to drive to fucking Berkeley, and you know, I do the responsible thing and drive to Berkeley. Drunk. <laughs> and then I'm like, I get there and I started hitting on the water, but now I'm having a fucking nice sipping room. Ooh. Is that a is that a um twenty boat? This is no, this is Kirk and Sweeney. It's Dominican. I highly recommend it. This is a gift to me from a cool person I work with. It's good shit. Ooh, you hear Ooh. that? Ooh, nice cork effect. You like that shit, son? <laughs> so yeah, nice. I decided I'm gonna have a little bit of that. I mean, I'm not gonna be fucking plaster or anything. I mean it's a it's only an hour episode or whatever we're looking at here. So, um, but uh, yeah, I'm ready to rock, man. I'm ready to talk about this episode. I'm excited. You know, we put my um, Clyde Buckman's on pause for the holidays. And, yeah, uh, well, man, and, and, that and I bit a hole in my tongue. That's part of it. That's part of it. This <laughs> I got is the a play, uh, too. By this the is way. a twice, twice or th- or thrice delayed. Recording. Twice, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, my fault on on both accounts. By the way, I so I got the plague, and like I was telling Josh, I called in sick for the first time in like three years. Mm. I was fucking wiped out, man. And then, um, and then it it was I had to skip a Malifaux game with my brother. I had to skip this other thing, and then I was like, I I can't record because while I was taking a nap after having like I guess I had like too much Nyquil. And I fucking like woke up quick from a dream of that I was napping on the couch and I fucking bit my tongue super hard. And then, you know, when you bite your tongue and you're sick already and you've been drinking nothing but acid, it turns into like a fucking cold sore on the hole in your tongue. (laughs) So like it felt like I had like somebody was pierced my tongue and I was trying to talk and I was like, there's no way I can do a podcast right now. So I just sat around angrily. good radio. Yeah, I sat around angrily with a hole in my tongue and I just kept putting Anbasol on it like I was a teething child <laughs> while simultaneously shooting nose spray up my nose because of my fucking burning. I was like, I am a miserable cunt right now, so I apologize to everyone in my life. I just isolate myself when I get like that. Can't like, drugs with drugs. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm going to either die from this down here alone or I'll be better and I'll see you then. So that's what I did. I kind of went to the cave. There we go. But yeah. but now it's it's, now it's Christmas. Here. It's Christmas night, mm-hmm. Dean. Oh, holy we're, night. We're settled in. 
Dude. into our respective uh, situations. Yeah. And we got a special little uh, Christmas episode of the X-Files to talk about. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped about this shit, man. How the ghost still Christmas, man? Yeah. I want to give a shout out to uh, one Mr. Benjamin Prue. Yeah, it's a good move. He is a, uh, a stalwart. I will, I will say, you know, we talk about uh, Damaris and Maria. I would say Mr. Prue is, is the high priest of X-Files LSG media. Style. Yeah, you know, if we had an X-Files chapter... He would probably be in the leadership. Oh, he absolutely would. Right. Spearheaded a, a little uh, LSG X-Files Facebook group, and, uh, and he pushed hard for this episode. Kind of, uh, he, he put out the, uh, the Tiny Tim Christmas request, <laughs> and uh, it was the least we could do. You know, LSG is kind of a, you know, it, it's, an, it's a niche podcast, if you will. You know, we cover semi-obscure shit, and we, we do it... Um, in our own little fashion, which people can love or hate. And then X-Files is kind of like the, I, I think of it as the little redhead stepchild of LSG media. Easily. You know, cov- covering Game of Thrones and Walking Dead formerly and Stranger Things in Westworld, you know, really blockbuster shit. And then we cover this 20 year off the, off the, you know, broadcast show. You know, we started it at least at that point before it, it came back for the revival last mm. year and and uh side note we're nine days away from uh the next season which we will be covering yep so it, it's special to me that the people um like ben prue he's not the only one we got some other great fans uh of the x-files that that still want to hear us talk about it and mm-hmm. dude i fucking love talking x-files with you me too it's so fun we, we got a shout out ruthless ruth bale she's a big fan Absolutely, yeah. high, high high priestess of of uh, the English X Files. K. Ridley LSG. Hall, I think, is in there. Fiona Ward. There's a few. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. So it, you know, the show's twenty something years. We do an episode every twenty something years. <laughs> it fucking works out, right? Give or take. Josh make is, a lot of false promises. <laughs> Josh just got his hip replaced, and I'm in a wheelchair, so <laughs> it's fucking going well. Come but I want to say, hot. can I say something about this episode? Because we're just going to fucking shoot the shit here, right? It's Christmas. Fuck it. Yeah. All right. So I was shocked to realize that this episode was uh, was very good at describing the LSG media, uh, LSG media as an entity and LSG media as individuals. Um, and here we are. Here's some words used in this episode that I thought, boy, that sounds like LSG media. Narcissistic. <clears throat> Overzealous, self-righteous egomaniacs, lonely, paramasturbatory illusions that we chase, or obsessive, compulsive, antisocial, and occasionally workaholics. Um, we're pathetic and uh, maladjusted socially, and um, we're we're gangly with distinguished profiles. Oh, and our only joy in life is uh, proving each other wrong. <laughs> so, dude, this is fucking great. You know, oh, man. this describes LSG media pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> pretty on the nose. Mm. This is a, dude, it's a great fucking episode. And um, again, thanks to Ben for for bringing it back up. Uh, I hadn't watched this one for, for a long time, man. Me neither. Um, it, Despite being part of, a, of an X-Files podcast, I am admittedly very much focused on the earlier half season one to five is my fucking wheelhouse i know that that shit inside and out i've seen every episode in those i'd say the minimum i've seen any one of those episodes is like six times probably Hmm. season six i've seen all of a couple times um seven eight nine get increasingly sparse but um that's a weakness because there are some there are some fucking really good episodes in season six and seven. And actually, I'm gonna have a little New Year's resolution to myself um, that I'm actually gonna watch seasons six through nine in order. Okay. Um, in the in the coming month or so, I'm gonna try try to do that. That's my goal. Fuck all this new great TV out there. I'm gonna go back and watch <laughs> four seasons of. Uh, some less than stellar X Files because I owe it to the show. I owe it to the show. There are episodes in there I haven't even seen, but this is a great one. Season six is is interesting because it was a real transition for the show. Arguably, X Files was near its zenith sure. of of 
as far as popularity, its its presence in the zeitgeist. I mean, it was really crushing it, and it it was a big transition um, post uh, the first movie was the set between season five and six. Season six markedly transitioned from filming in Vancouver to filming in um, L.A. Yep, and um, the show feels a little different but there's a lot of good shit in season six and it, it becomes, um, what's the fucking Brian Cranston episode? Is that season six? That is. That's a good one. Yep. That is, uh, I think it's It's called, uh, I call it, I call, I call it speed for (laughs) X-Files. Yeah. (laughs) It's a great one, man. It's, it, that's early in season six too. But, um, the show, I think season six is its height of self-awareness. And that is very, very much, a phrase to describe this episode in particular. Um, there are shows that would try to do an episode like this that would come down and would feel like kind of flaky fan servicey, like a mm. uh, gimmick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. X files can do it and have it not come out that way. Right. You know, it, it's self aware. It's cheeky. It's, it's funny. It's smart. But it's not. It's still a fucking great episode, and it's very special in how it. It's a. It's the. It's the smallest cast of any X Files episode ever. Only four. Yeah. Literally, we see four people the entire episode. There is one. There is one um, set piece. That's I it. I mean, it almost feels like a play. A lot of it, right? Yep, I thought the same thing. <clears throat> um, and you know the the allusions to Christmas Carol and sure. It harks on so many so many tropes first with horror and then with holiday um, mm-hmm. and and just playing off these characters and and seeing it and it, I don't know man like I've been rambling here what do you think about this episode when's it when's the last time you'd seen it <clears throat> how was it going back into it yeah I saw it a few years ago on a rainy night in the autumn um, I remember that because it was pretty cold out but it wasn't Christmas and uh, I just remember thinking. <clears throat> So like an episode like this, it does a few things. Um, I, I, I happen to just really enjoy any episode where people are, it's a haunted house. So you have my attention. I am just a sucker for that entire subgenre of horror, which is we're in this place, weird things are happening and how do we get out of this place and what actually is happening. And then of course, there's always a mystery to the house, I like the old mansion look, the dusty, uh, weird paintings and cobwebs and sheets over furniture and, you know, uh, doors that lead to nowhere. Um, I just love places and I love people trapped in places. I think it's cool. So it just gives me a warm feeling of fun horror adventure that I know is not going to be too serious. Um, and that's what I like about it. And it's just, it's fun. It has a camp to it that I really enjoy. And, uh, it's just, uh, it's just a story that is actually kind of neat. It's kind of cool. Um, the, uh, the hell's her name? Good Lord. The hell's the actress's name? I, I'm assuming you're not asking about Jillian Anderson. <laughs> no, I'm fucking, what's her name? Um, um, uh, Lily Tomlin. Tomlin. Thank you. Yeah. They're great, man. Like I, in uh, Ed, whatever his name is. I don't know. Asner. Thank you. Asner. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think they do a good job. I like it. It's funny. There is not, I mean, even, even in the fun funniness of it, it's kind of interesting and fascinating to see our heroes laying in massive pools of like reservoir dogs, Mr. Orange blood. <laughs> you know what I mean? It totally is. It's wild to see them like so fucked up and you're like, oof, man. I'm fucking dying. You know, like it's fucking, they're all bloody and shit. Then it ends up just sort of being, I don't know, would you call that a phantasmal killer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty accurate. Kind of is, right? Mulder makes his will save eventually. Yeah. But he attempts, it, he attempts to disbelieve. <laughs> it is, it is killing them in that moment, but they do overcome. So yeah, yeah you know, it's just it's fun, man. I like it. I like this. I like the simplicity of this episode. I have a, feeling that I get with a haunted house movie that always immediately gives me, gives it the benefit of the doubt in my eyes. Like if I go see something and it's in a house, I'm, I'm 
it's just a genre I'm a fan of. I like that idea of, oh, this place that's supposed to be something is something else, and there's all this dark memory tied into it. This smacks of a Dean Martin role-playing game right here. Doesn't it? It does. Yeah, this, sure is, does. this is fun, man. I like this shit. Yeah, I like it. I like anything where you're like, oh, all these people, what was it? Was it, was it a movie? All these people go to an island because they're answering a casting call and it's a fucking shit show. I, I just like that a whole idea, like the shining, they're trapped in this place or they're trapped in a place or anything like this. I just like, it's fun. Yeah. And then for the horror to be, you know, subtle, it's not like somebody's dragging them into holes, you know, through trap doors or wrapping them in chains and yanking them out windows, which has its place too. But I like the way the horror plays out. Yep. Yeah, it's it's all it's all psychological, mm. very much so. Psycho, in a, in a cool psycho, and psychoanalytic, if anything. Yeah, indeed, it's funny. You're being psychoanalyzed by ghosts. It's really funny. So let's just kind of talk about so the, our our introduction, right? Is mm-hmm. Mulder sitting in his car, sucking on his sunflower seeds, and of course he's on a stakeout. And Scully pulls up. It's it's Christmas <laughs> Eve. Out. Place, he's staking in a place where no one lives because <laughs> yep. that's how you use the FBI's money. Well, <laughs> so classic Mulder. So for sure, by the way, the read between the lines, um, Mulder just wants to, to have a night with Scully, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, he, he is lonely as fuck. It's true. It's true, and she can't like. She struggles to resist his dementia, de- his like demented <laughs> shit, right? She she is a normal person mm-hmm. in, in in a lot of ways. She has family. She has presents to wrap. She has a, a six a.m. appointment under the tree, as she says. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he's out there. You know, this is a this is a stakeout, mm-hmm. a yeah. ghost stakeout, a ghost stakeout. Gets her into the car. Yep. And uh, wraps to her, her, lays it on her, right? <laughs> lays it on her. The story of these these two star-crossed lovers in 1917 that, you know, he sets the scene. He talks about the war raging in Europe and the mm-hmm. flu epidemic. Yep. And- uh, How they decided to just kill themselves. Sure. They're like, the world As, is so, so scary. Let's just off ourselves before one of us gets the flu. <laughs> what a grim fucking existence. Right. Yeah, sure. We'll be together forever. Or just clean like your like door handles. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. I mean or <laughs> blow yourselves away. That's a move. And uh People yeah, thought so some they, crazy shit back in the day, man. Hey like we'll be together whatever forever. Takes. And whenever it takes. I guess. Uh that and, be some, uh, uh steals your car keys, by the way. That yeah. for sure happens. Yeah, that's uh it's it's borderline date rapish. <laughs> it is. It is. It, the intent. The intent is there. Mm-hmm. It's entrapment, if nothing else. It's for sure. Yeah. It's. It might be abduction. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on the but DA. He gets her into the house, and things are initially already a little bit wacky. Right, the door mm-hmm. swings shut tropily and locks behind them. Of course. The grandfather clock is wound and in time, which Scully notices, mm-hmm. you know, like a like an FBI agent being observant of details. Mm-hmm. And they proceed to stalk through the house, and Scully has this great kind of running monologue as they're going from from room yes. to room. Yes, and it's she's, awesome. Right? She's talking about our the what what the belief in ghosts says about people. Yes. <laughs> and she might as well be <laughs> just sitting Mulder down on a couch yeah. and saying Dude, <laughs> this is why this is why you reach for things so mm-hmm. fucking hard. Yeah. But this whole thing that sets it up and then finding there are there are some great kind of horror beats in this, right? Yeah, like for sure. Pulling up the floorboards and seeing those two bodies and having them realize they're dressed as they are. That's fucking cool. Yep. I like that a lot. That's I like very that, cool. that that type of stuff. That's a true in my opinion a true horror element to see something that you think is you dead, right? Long dead. Long dead. That, that is a real, there's something truly horrifying about that. You know, we've talked about this before on our various podcasts because, you know, we're kind of a big deal. And, um, you know, when, when, 
true horror is when you when you begin to reject what is occurring because it's just completely and utterly alien, right? A killer at your door, that's not an a I mean it's it's scary, it's producing a lot of fear, it's dangerous, you may die, but it's not sensory rejecting, which is to say, oh, I see myself dead versus I see a killer through there. It's two very different kinds of horror we're dealing with. Right. And that's it's what I like thre- about this. It's a threat your body can't brace itself. Like as as Mulder says, like, you know, you have a gun. Rationally you've been in, in scarier situations. Mm-hmm. But then you immediately put yourself in a situation where that gun doesn't do anything for you. Mm-hmm. Because what you're seeing, what you're interacting with, isn't something that a gun, as he says, is going to do you any good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a difference between if there's a man with a chainsaw outside versus if you go up to your mom's room to ring her tea and she turns around and looks at you and her head's on her body upside down. Yeah. That's something you're just not prepared for mentally. You're not yeah. really prepared for either mentally, but it's a definite different reaction. And that's kind of like this effect of seeing your yourselves, so supposedly allegedly under the floorboards, which is really fucked up. Super fucked. <clears throat> and, and actually it had been a while since I saw this episode. And when I, I came to that scene, I was like, wait, what happens here? Is there some kind of like, do they get stuck in this house for this long time? And there's like a time dilation thing. I kind of forgot I like, where too. it was going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's, it's really just a, a psychological, Oh, scare right that these ghosts mm-hmm. throw at them before they they even come on scene and and that's kind of the that's kind of the 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 end of our first little our introductory element you know or or act is is as they start to then go room to room mm-hmm. which is the same room to the same room and then eventually separate each other by testing out this theory they become split and then this brick wall element and then we come to where the episode, I think, really goes from good to great. Is when is, the others show up. Yes. Yeah. And yes. the individual discussions are so good. They're so fucking good, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talk to me about <laughs> about Ed, Ed Asner. Um, what the hell is his? Uh, Maurice. Maurice. As Maurice, just this classic classic old guy with a, that bowler cap walking in and his, and his scarf on. He's fantastic. And just the way he approaches this this man with a gun drawn, mm-hmm. like it, and how how he comes at him. <laughs> By the way, Mulder shoots the lock off, so you better you hope nobody lives there. You pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let me just say this other thing too, and that's this is another horror thing. I mean, it could have been if this wasn't an X Files kind of fun episode, but here you have this seemingly harmless and kind old man, right? He's not an apparition with glowing black eyes. Does that make sense? Uh, Yeah, I can picture that. Yeah, all right. Maybe they have like blue around them. I don't know. But um, glowing eyes and this horrific, you know, tarot like big long fingernails or something. He's not, you know what I mean? He's not an obvious threat, but... Anything but. Anything but... But his presence is so imbalancing that Mulder's reactions to him are really good. The way he has his gun on him, kind of, without really putting it on him, but not really putting it away either. Because Mulder's the one who really believes in this. So, you know, he's the one, I think he says three double murders in 80 years, something crazy, which is nothing to sneeze at. I mean, that says something, but, but it doesn't really. I mean, that's... That's where these things are always so funny, why somebody like Scully can, ra- can rationalize. Like, okay, if you know the history of this house and you're a fucked up weird person and you bring this other person there, it's conceivably you guys were fucked up anyway to go there in the first place. You know, maybe that's what led to there. You know what I mean? So it's still a stretch, but that's how she rationalizes stuff all the time. You know, that's, that's the Scully way. But, but this guy, man, he's super charming. I love when he laughs and claps. Like, he's just great. And in the way he has him off balance, you know? Yep. One of my favorite parts about it is the two ghosts, right? They're, they're different kind of personalities. They're so good. They're so good. But then the reaction coming from a ghost and he's like, 
<laughs> he claps. Yeah. You're one of those. You're one of those ghost hunters. Yeah. But their their reactions, right? The as his, you know, he. he psychoanalyzes Mulder, mm-hmm. basically, right? And, it's still and manipulate him. Right. Ultimately. And at first, it, it's incre- so increasingly on the nose that Mulder <laughs> just like, it's beyond the the realm of, of believability Co- that of this guy is just saying this, right? Of course. Yeah. And as it gets more outrageous, Mulder almost gets more comfortable mm-hmm. because he's like, okay, you're a ghost. Sure. I can do, I can do this. I can talk to a ghost. Who's right. Talking about why I'm a fucking madman. Mm-hmm. And, and plus the people aren't on the floorboards anymore. And, and once he realizes that that's the ultimate. Okay. And that's right. when he sits down. But how Mulder settles in, in that situation. <laughs> and then on the flip side of the coin, that makes Scully freak the fuck out. Mm-hmm. She gets rattled. She loses her shit. And she she's really does. The cool, she really yeah. does. Yeah. And she's the cool cucumber, right? Normally, right? Scully is Scully is analytical and, and approaches things rationally and weighs the situation, keeps her calm. And she by these things like the floorboards are gone, you know, the this interaction with Lily, she fucking completely loses her shit. She's yeah. waving her gone around like like a maniac like a maniac. and then <laughs> and then finally when uh when the wound is revealed she passes out stone cold man what a fucking reveal <laughs> it's good it's awesome so yeah i mean she's super shaky i like it but um yeah i like it's funny it's at this point where i i have i put on my podcast or sat and i think it's just this is so even though it's a funny, lighthearted episode, it's also really fucked up. But at the same time, it it, it kind of isn't because, on the one hand, these this couple who was concerned they weren't going to that that somehow the forces, the temporal forces of man, were somehow going to pull them apart. But now they're together in eternity, and even though you might think, oh, they're trying to trick these two to killing each other. But on the other hand, they're trying to trick them into kind of being there together forever too. You know, it's weird to think about. Like yeah. their motivation. I know. What's the ghost's motivation? <laughs> <laughs> and this is this is something that very rarely happens in X-Files, right? Where you see the antagonists so clearly talk about their plans. Mm-hmm. Right? Correct. There's that scene. After we have the individual scenes, we have the two of them together, you know, discussing why they're doing what they're doing, how they're doing it, what their approach is. And this really comes into the the Christmas part of it, which is is so clever and it's so cool. When they talk about, you know, when when Maurice says, you know... um, These two seem pretty miserable. (laughs) That's a great line. (laughs) That, That, and actually, I'm sorry, I don't remember if it's... If it's Maurice and Lydia who brings up like why did you why do we have to do this on Christmas mm-hmm. and talk about like who who is is heartbroken and lonely and desperate on any other day but Christmas mm-hmm. yeah right of course like why couldn't it be Halloween like because Christmas what what other holiday brings that desperation that loneliness out of people more more than this holiday there isn't Which, one. Right, which is yeah. which is not something most TV shows that have a Christmas special bring out, right? Like no, every fucking every show has a Christmas special, and it always, it always, you know, even if whatever the show is, if it's a comedy, if it's a drama, it always comes back to the heartfelt fucking reason for the season, and whether it's family or it's you know whatever. some other bullshit, some other fucking bullshit. But this, it's like, no, nah, dude. <laughs> Christmas makes people sad and lonely and desperate. And that's why, that's why these ghosts are there <laughs> setting up yet another murder suicide. Coming at you next year, George R.R. R. Martin's going to be tackling the Christmas <laughs> spirit on HBO. We're going to have a 10 episode series where he goes through one tragedy after another. No, no, the 12 tragedies of Christmas. It'll be a 12, 12 episode arc. 
And, uh, you know, the first one's going to start out when little Julie finds out her uncle abuse her and she hangs herself <laughs> on Christmas. Awesome. Because that's when it happened. <laughs> and when she sees a Santa Claus hat, she's triggered into suicide. George R. R. Martin coming next Christmas. But that's why it's great, dude. Because, like, on paper, <laughs> that's so fucking dark. It's so but this fucked. episode isn't dark at all. Nope. Really? Nope. At the end of it, it it's as uplifting and lighthearted as any gay-ass fucking Christmas special. Yeah, man. Their, their fucking show. wounds are funny. Like I said, the only part where you, where you viscerally react is to see your heroes shot to death. All shot to hell and dying. Crawling through blood. Right. Which, which by the way, was... That was... Um, this episode was, was written by Chris Carter and uh, Frank Spotnitz, who's an, another writer of the show. And the only the only scene that they knew for sure was the final scene with the two our two heroes mm-hmm. lying in their own blood. That was the first scene that they just had like completely visually this is this is how it's gonna look. It's cool. And then and then they had to kinda like, how are we gonna get there? Where's where is it gonna be set? Like that part was here's where we're gonna end up. Very very reservoir dogs mm-hmm. uh kind of situation. Um but dude, it's great. And the Lily Tomlin's the f- fucking great. Like I like oh. when when she's talking to Mulder, the way she just recoils into the chair. Uh, she's just a fucking pro. She's so yes. good, man. I just she's just a good actress. And uh, a little side question for you. Mm. So these two <coughs> had a murder suicide mm-hmm. originally, apparently. And I was I was trying to piece together how that might have gone down based on their wounds. Well, at first I was thinking personality, but the the wounds I think kind of give it away. Yeah. Right. I mean, they had to pull the trigger simultaneously. Well, no, no, murder suicide, classically, one shoots the other, mm. then shoots themselves. Yeah, so he shoots her and then he shoots himself. Yeah, dick move, by the way, to shoot someone in the stomach yeah, that you love. Yeah. Not a you great know, way I, to kill somebody. Why? He probably was thinking I need to kill her, but I still want to fuck her in the afterlife. So if I destroy her, any of any of her, you know, I can't destroy her mouth. That would be a tragedy. <laughs> and I definitely can't destroy her puss or her boobs. So in classic man fashion, he said, well, I'll just blow her uterus and guts out. So I don't have any fucking ghost babies. Don't, don't have to pull out for, <laughs> the, for eternity. I will fucking spray that ectoplasm deep. <laughs> Deep into that body. Oh, <laughs> That's what he's thinking, man. That's what it is. Makes sense. Right? Yep. Then puts up. one through his own eye. <laughs> 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 because Shit. after he has a couple ghost whiskeys, he's already going to be seen double. He's like, well, I so, don't think too so good cut anyway. One, uh. Cut one out. <laughs> get it down a single. <laughs> Yikes. They're not exactly the... Um, the young star-crossed lovers that Mulder yeah, described. Yeah, I don't know how, after, episode, how the afterlife works, I guess. <laughs> or perhaps, what a or perhaps Mulder's <laughs> take on it is not quite realistic. Yeah. They're like, well, you know, depression was coming and we both had influenza, so... Ah, fuck it. We had a good yeah. run. I think that's a little more likely. Yeah. I know somebody so what who you- did that. I don't, like this guy, we knew this extended family member. He's just like, got sick and he's like, okay. He walked out into a field in Westport and just fucking blew his brains out. <laughs> he was like, fuck it, I'm done. It's like, holy shit, okay. Okay. What What did you think about the transition from uh, kind of psychologically fuck with him to just straight up phantasmal killer? It was um, unexpected. Right. Like, the transition came really hard, in my opinion. That's why, like, when I rewatch, I watched the episode like three times over the last three days. And I kept, and you know, I was doing other things, jotting a couple things down. And I kept coming into, I kept coming in. It was like the 30 minute mark was like, where is the transition? Like I kept trying to find why they made the decision to do it again. And that's what I was thinking. Like the only, I, unless they are, unless they were tasked by their wraith master to be like, you must provide two souls. Right, every X amount of years, 
then I don't know why they would just get off on like killing these young people unless they literally thought they were doing them a fucking favor, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, they, they, I guess they got to set the scene. They got to inspire a little bit of paranoia. Mm, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. That's, that's what both those, those introductory scenes between the two of them are. Get them thinking. To, to freak him out and also to get him thinking, right? To get mm-hmm. to get Mulder thinking about how sad and lonely he is, <laughs> <laughs> and basically and how, what a, what a bad human he is. Yes, he's just a broken and, human being. And basically that that the only reason Scully falls him around <laughs> is to convince yeah. him <laughs> that that he is wrong and she is right. Yes, great. It, it's a, it's an easier pitch probably <laughs> from from Lydia to to Scully. I think so. That yeah. That well, why did this sad lonely sack drag you out here on Christmas Eve? <laughs> <laughs> like it is not well, hard say to way. set up Mulder for for a, a murder suicide pact. Right. That's that's an easier pitch to make. I think so. Yeah, I definitely see. Molder, you know, putting a fucking hose from his exhaust into his thing. Yes. Way before somebody like Scully. <clears throat> to be honest, I see him more uh auto erotic asphyxiation. Yeah, a hanger. Yeah. yeah oh, he's- spoiler alert for for Clyde Brockman's. <laughs> <laughs> but he's but definitely the, a hanger. Yeah. Yeah. The paranoia is is seated. And then, but both of those scenes are are fucking great and very effective. Yeah, dude, they're fucking outstanding. Right. Mulder Mulder walking in and just firing the gun around. Fucking willy-nilly. First of all, good control on Scully, because I would have put him down. Yeah. I mean, after the second one, for sure. The first one, whoa, whoa, wait a second. And then that second one? At least in the thigh. Yeah, I'm shooting low. I hope I don't his dick, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then uh yeah she takes one and then dude her I, her face is great man the way she just e- tumbles back yeah <laughs> even having seen it before having been a little while when he comes across her on the ground i still was like oh fuck like i f- i forget how this went like Mulder comes comes up on her she, she's been shot <laughs> and obviously like at that point i was already like all right that was the ghost we see that sure but then when she shoots him and he goes down and then you see, you know, Dude, Lydia his, face, just, his face when he shoots her though, he's like, <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. Like he's biting his lip. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> his face is, he's, but then it's horror after. But at first he's like, you, he's just got his face on. Like, uh, like I'm watching fucking boys in the hood at the end, you know, <laughs> like it's so he, he gets off on it. He gets bit. off on it. A little bit. Yeah. It's fucked yeah. up. Merry Christmas, Scully. Okay. What are you, Al Capone? When she, like, when, when she puts one up, mm. straight up, straight up into the, Oof. into the tum-tum. Bad news, Broncos. Yeah, her laying then, there with that, that, like, just that glistening red on her white shirt. Oof. Oh, yeah. Gnarly. But I love, I love Lydia, like, rolling around on the ground, like, Dude. giggling. It's so like, good. Immediately following. Oh, she shoots him high. Up under his left breast. Oh, Oof. was it that high? Night, night, son. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Dude, I'm, I just watched it again. It, it, dude... <laughs> when I first watched this, dude, I was like, okay, wait. Did he... Okay, so he accidentally shot Scully. And then I was like, dude, Scully is fucking ruthless. Like, she, could you imagine, like, if you're... If somebody shot you accidentally and then you just put the gun on them and pulled the trigger, even though it was an accident, <laughs> that's so hardcore. But then you realize quickly it's a Lily Tomlin. I was like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> I was like, dude, she's not fucking around. Hell hath no fury like a woman shot. <laughs> I love I love the ghost talking about how they, they used to have decades. They used to have decades to torment mm-hmm. torment these, you know, these inhabitants. Now now they have to do it all in one night. And that kind of, you know, explaining yeah, yeah. The, the the quick and dirty take on it. Mulder but going that, down the stairs. Ugh. Dude, that the the that final scene in the house, mm-hmm. right before we get to our epilogue, is so fucking good. With that music playing in the background. The harpsichord. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, and dragging man. dragging the 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 amount of blood <laughs> is it is fucking, fucking it's res dogs, man. It's total res dogs. And Jillian Anderson, I guess, <clears throat> complained or not not literally complained, but like kind of joke complained about how much of a fucking mess it was to do this and how like, you know, that I prop can only blood, imagine the amount of it and like the time it would take to do takes and and then I could dump some more blood <laughs> and it would, it would start to coagulate and get sticky and they would just be like fucking rolling in it and be sticking to them. <laughs> and it's such a fucking mess. But dude, that is like complete aside, but like it's hard to watch when she, you're like, Oh man, our heroes are fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. It, it's beyond the, the fact that it's not like a, you know, a hand, hand on the stomach, like, red shirt like a correct like a yeah yeah the the fact that it's so fucking gnarly and it's gruesome super gnarly does kind of it it enhances that whole part of the episode right because right, you make because you go whoa wait what yeah that's what you do it, it's a great balance of this of all these lighthearted beats in the episode but like that scene you you take away everything else that has kind of got us here and then obviously everything we're going to see after it and seeing Mulder and Scully drag themselves through <laughs> like that that's mortal mortal amounts of bleeding yeah yeah oh yeah you know what i mean and and seeing it like that instead of like Mulder you know kind of staggering down the stairs holding his 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 chest and some blood oozing out and Mully propped up against you know the side and like her holding her stomach, like to have it so just fucking gruesomely slasher movie beyond scream amount of blood really makes that fucking scene them rolling around the blood mm-hmm. and then pointing the guns. And now they're really pointing the guns at each other. Correct. This is actually Mulder and Scully pointing guns at each other. <laughs> Not, you, you know, you don't feel a lot of intent behind it. But it's you know, just like, like, ho- like, what the fuck? I mean, they both think they sh- each the other one shot them. I think because at this point, it's got to be just a survival instinct too. That's why, like, what you're saying because you're like, okay, I might live if the police and the and the first responders get here. I surely can't let this person shoot me again. So you're not sure. You can't communicate. You're fucked up. You're you're shot. And you're you know, you're in shock in a sense. Yeah. Hmm. And, and it's just it's it's so well done with that that scene. It's so dark, and, yeah, and there's not a lot of light coming in. There's the, there's like a few slivers of light like falling on both of them. They're dressed darkly, but they're they're both wearing white t shirts underneath that it's are just perfect. soaked yeah. soaked in this red blood, and like the light is falling on that to just make it all the more gruesome. And you know the it, lightning is flashing in the background, mm-hmm. and then when when Mulder, Mulder, right, he makes his attempt to disbelieve. Correct, and then he just pops up, right? Because she she says you shot me first, mm-hmm. and Mulder, despite despite how unhinged and disconnected with reality he is, that that kind of inherently makes him better off in this situation. It, right? I agree because. And it, and it does so because he's more apt to believe he's being manipulated by a ghost and that what he's experiencing is not real because he's fucking Mulder. Where she right. might be just like, he's crazy, so I, uh, we shot each other. Like, uh, we, we, he became unhinged. I didn't know what to do. I responded by firing back. Like, she's going to attack it more logically where he's going to be like, oh, wait, wait, wait. This clearly is not happening, right? So, yeah, you're right. He is 100% better off just because of the way his character is. Right. It's easier of him. It's easier for him to to break that that barrier of of reality mm-hmm. because he basically lives in one hundred percent in the borderlines of reality. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and the need to convince everyone that he's right. <laughs> Correct. So he disbelieves. He stands. He comes over to Scully, gets her to get up, and and they get out of there. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then and then basically the 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 final part of the episode that we actually see is is their little epilogue. Mm-hmm. Scully, By the, way, the blue balls are not knowing what they got each other. Oh no, no, it's it's known. 
Oh, is it? Yeah. What they get each other? Uh, Jillian Anderson tweeted it. Oh no! In, shit. In response, so it's it's canon. <laughs> awesome. Scully got a dildo, and uh, Mother got oct- octopus porn. Yes. <laughs> Fucking Anderson, badass. That is Jillian Anderson's actual tweet. Oh, that's so awesome. Damn, man. I thought that was your joke for me because that's pretty good. But you're saying that's literally what she said. Yeah. Tentacle erotica. (laughs) Which story checks out. Story checks out. Dream of the Fisherman's Wife, by the way. Good stuff. (laughs) Didn't somebody just get in trouble for giving somebody a dildo? Like a politician or something? I think that's a thoughtful gift. It is a thoughtful gift. People are too uptight about that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't give it to you in front of your fucking grandmother. Unless she was hip to it. But, you know. But I don't really want to know about that. That is funny, man. I had no clue. That's excellent. <laughs> Dude, Jillian, Jillian Anderson is a fucking riot. She's so awesome. You should look up, um, go on YouTube and write, uh, look up X-Files outtakes Jillian Anderson swearing or something like I've that. I've watched a lot of them. Yeah. Dude, there, there's a great like compilation <laughs> of Jillian Anderson like just dropping fucking F-bombs for like seven minutes. <laughs> throughout the seasons <laughs> she is uh she's my kind of lady yeah i like her she's awesome yeah <clears throat> you know and it's funny because i remember i remember watching this episode back then you know like around when this came out and being like oh my god you know i had a crush on her when you know episode one came out and i was like 10 years old and like you know she was this whatever you know, sexy, smart, like mm-hmm. perfect. In, in, you could in, say it. Incredible, perfect, fucking FBI agent. And then I'm like, here, here it is. Like five years later, like she's only getting better with time. Like it's crazy. And now, now, yeah, like 15 years later, still hotter. Great, still hotter. You yeah. seen the fall yet? Still haven't, dude. <sighs> yeah, still haven't. You got? Well, I got four. I got four seasons of X Files to watch in the next month. So. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll but I'll put it up there. Mm. I'll I'll put it up there. You, you got to. It's it, just for just for her alone. She's excellent. But and I uh, will say that there's there's a moment when we see uh see Mulder yep. with 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 uh I think it's I think it's in the epilogue in the apartment. And you see uh this is Mulder. This is Mulder LA Mulder, like transitioning to like <laughs> I'm sorry, Decovney Mulder. Like <laughs> I'm trying to get some Hollywood fucking roles. I'm trying to get Hollywood mm-hmm. trying to get some movie roles. Those fucking buys. Pick yeah. up a cup couple inches. Of course. Pick up a couple inches. He's uh he's trying to trying to turn into a little bit of a heartthrob. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's getting ready for his uh you know out there. He's ready to do what he's got to do. Yeah, it turns out all he could do was pretty much play himself. Well, though. Play it very well. Very well. And that's it. We're both on the record, though. Jillian uh, Anderson is is the better actor. I think so. Correct? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> he, I think she has more range. He is, um, he has some really good moments in Californication. Very, very awesome. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, it's hard to, like, pretend you give about give shit about anything when there's fucking 20 people pointing cameras and shit in your face. So, like, you know, I'm, I, I couldn't do that shit. And he does it. But I think as, act, as, as, as crafts people go, I think she's better at the craft yeah. than he is. And that's just, maybe that's just the way it goes, you know? So do you have, do you have like, favorite... Um I, I, actually, I don't even really know. How, how do you feel about Christmas in general? Um, I like getting together with people I care about, but like, I'm so over buying shit. Like, Justin and I got each other nothing. Like, fuck that. Yeah. We got stuff from my nephews and shit. It was cool to see my dad and my family and stuff, play some poker with Jessica's cousins and shit. Like, but that's what I like. Like, getting together is what I like. The, the commercial aspect, it can go fuck itself. Like, and I know people like to give gifts and like, I don't mind giving gifts and stuff, but I also feel like it's just such a hassle, like that whole part of it. When I was a kid, I fucking loved it. I love getting gifts, fucking shit under the tree. It's 
fucking yeah it's for well, kids man you know what i mean it's for kids every, and for, every kid loves that yeah and for, for family members to get together that's that's kind of how i feel about it like i don't well, you know it's that's well, what it I is was, i was gonna ask you a question that i can't really answer of like you know how does this how does this fall in the the list of like other tv shows christmas kind of episodes like mm. other but i don't i don't really have like i don't i couldn't tell you i, I don't yeah. really watch them you know what i mean all right i'm pretty yeah i'm as, pretty neg on that shit in general as i as, as a kid i watched the shit out of them like i christmas i re- really i really remember distinct moments in my life where christmas really started to change for me into like when you started to become an adult <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah it, there was exactly. pretty, but as a kid i fucking loved it dude it was the best i was a fucking shithead i like found shit early dude i have this epic story i've never told it now's a good time was i a freshman i don't know sega genesis had come out i was either in eighth ninth grade something like that and my mom bought it for me which is a big deal because like my mom didn't really have money and those stupid things were expensive back in the day. And I found it in her closet and I opened it. I took it out months early, two months early, two months early. <laughs> I put my school book in there of a class I was taking. I closed it up. I re-taped the box, the Genesis box. This is prior to her wrapping it. Jesus And Christ. I hooked it up. I'm a fucking asshole. I'm such an asshole. I hooked it up in my bedroom and I had it hidden and I played the shit out of it. Before fucking Christmas? Before Christmas. What a dickhead. You're a monster. Fucking You're a monster. monster. Like, You're I fuck. got off on finding it in, in pulling off the subterfuge. Wow. I'm lucky that I'm kind of normal. Like, I did weird <laughs> stuff like that as a kid. And then, my book that was in there, I failed that class. But, um, my book that I don't, I was like, oh, I don't know. I lost it. Maybe I got a C minus. I got like a last Jedi grade. But, um, <laughs> and then I opened it for Christmas. Like, oh my God, Sega Genesis that comes with Altered Beast is the best. Yay. <laughs> and she's like, uh, she's, wait, I, I, did you get it back into the package? Bro, no. The book was so in you the box. literally wrapped. <laughs> So I, oh, (laughs) sorry, mom. (laughs) You just like picked up the box and ran into your room and you, it was like, Hey, it's already set up. Yay. No, essentially. (laughs) Basically what I did was I took the box. I flipped it over. You're a piece of shit. I'm a piece of shit. (laughs) You're a piece of shit. I lied to everyone that loves me. And I didn't feel bad about it until like a decade later. (laughs) So, Dude, I I have a memory of I always like I remember being a little kid and looking for Christmas presents. Mm-hmm. And one year, <laughs> I found them in a closet. It's the best. And I no, I immediately felt awful. It ruined that Christmas for me. <laughs> I didn't have that hardwiring. I do well, now. Well, now, I, I well, do now. now. I've gone completely the other no, direction. I know, like I know, I'm. I know. I'm the Grinch of Grinches. Like I got gotcha. you. I'm the worst when it comes to Christmas now. But back then, back then, I had the spirit. Yeah. I had the spirit. Yeah. Dude, I had the fucking box. My mom was like, oh, that's awesome. I was like, yeah, oh, thanks so much, mom. This is fucking great. I didn't say that, but you know what I mean? And yeah. uh, I was like, I'm going to hook it up later. She's like, okay, you got a couple other presents. <laughs> and I was like, ma, come check out Altered Beast. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking! Oh my god! It's so fucked up, dude. Devious fuck. God, what a cunt! I uh, yeah, yeah. dude. I remember it, probably the one thing I'm more embarrassed about when I was younger. My mom, you know, had all this shit from Santa, and then she got me like a shirt and stickers with her name on it. And I remember thinking, God, man, my fucking mom didn't get me dick this year like as a little kid because everything was from santa that's how she wrote it like wow santa fucking crushed it he left cookie crumbs he drank the fucking milk the whole nine Mom, yards right mom's a bitch dude and i i was i was like man like he-man stickers 
in a fucking like I don't know <laughs> Irving <laughs> fucking a fucking Tony Eason Patriots jersey like okay <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> and, then I, and then I was like oh got it no. got it got it <laughs> got it got it she got did it. get me the Millennium Falcon <laughs> great job mom yeah right. yeah yeah, that was yeah. That, you you and I had the single mom thing going on. For yeah, both of us. I had the half though. I had, I was a double kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had you had different one, accents. You one fucking kid on snake. the weekend. You yeah. fucking did have different voices. Yeah. So I had like the single mom thing on the fucking normal days, and on the weekends I was a brother, the oldest brother with three others. <laughs> yeah. So the good thing is I learned how to share and shit. You know what I mean? And how to like so, compromise. <laughs> Yeah. It's hard for me, but yeah. so uh, that's Christmas. I want to do. I want to do two things here to wrap up, if I could, if we could. By all means, I want to have some final thoughts on on uh, how the ghost stole Christmas, mm-hmm. and then I got another question for you after that. Okay. So, what do you think about this fucker? I love it. It's great. Love it. It's love fun. It. it 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 does everything I want a Christmas episode to do. Without taking itself too seriously and just having fun, man, it it has the hallmarks of everything I'm going to love about it. I just like a good mystery, I like a good haunted house. It's cool that it's centered around Christmas. It's cool that it has these dark undercurrents, but at the end of the day, it's not dark. Outside of seeing our heroes splayed out with hemorrhaging gut wounds, it's it's lightweight fun shit and funny. It's great, Very Lily funny. Tomlin. In uh, Ed Asner, ah, they're just good. They're great. Yeah, he's great. still kicking this guy. Oh yeah, yeah. He was in the Elf. I didn't even realize that. Oh yeah, he he's like uh, he's the the pop Papa Elf, mm-hmm. isn't he? He's in fucking Roots yeah. too. No shit. Yeah. He's in Roots. He's in Roots, man. Wow. As a white guy, I'm guessing he's a bad guy in that one. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not the fun, lovable. Bold, very brave. Probably not the fun, lovable guy. He is in this one. But uh, yeah. yeah, man, that's it. Pretty simple final thoughts on this one. Yeah, yeah, I love it too. Um, glad, glad we talked about it. And I, I guess I, I'll echo some thoughts I had when we talked about Triangle and just praising this fucking show that can that can do so much. Mm. I just, you know, the I remember asking you in that episode, like, can you name me another show that can shift gears that can that can be so many different things and can be so self-aware without being, you know, like over the top or, you, 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 know. you posed this question once before when you related it to genre. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. And it was in that episode. <clears throat> yep. And, and I still, I still like, you know, and again, I'm not as, I'm not as wide read in, in TV, especially modern TV. Like I really don't watch a lot of stuff anymore, but yep. Man, like when I watch an episode like this, and then you know I can go back and watch any other twenty, fifty, hundred different X Files episodes that each have such a different feel. It's this is such a special show, and with the consistency being in the characters, consistency in the characters and the execution, um, it's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. This is a great. This is a great holiday take that is done in such an X Files kind of way. Um, that, that brings in so many different elements and, and does it in, in such a way that again, I, the, the thing I, I mentioned early on is to do this, this is the right kind of fan service. Yep. Right. Yep. This is fan service to, to people that deserve it, to fans that have earned this without it just being like over the top. This is self-aware show writing, aware of the characters, Two two actors that are so fucking keyed into their roles, yep. that are so keyed into who these characters are. They can make all these great meta jokes, and you bring in a couple great guest actors, and you have a fucking really fun, really cool romp that just leaves you feeling good. Exactly, leaves you feeling good That's regardless of regardless of it being a holiday episode or not. It's it's uh yeah, it's a special thing, man. This is this this is a it's a little Christmas gift. This episode, you know, and I don't mean us talking about it. I mean, literally like this episode is, is a gift to X-Files fans. Um, and, uh, in a, in a, in a well, well-deserved one in a well-earned one. Indeed. So 
since we're since we're talking now and it's December twenty fifth, twenty seventeen, and January third, twenty eighteen. Awesome. Um, you and I are going to be watching episode one yep. of season eleven or whatever the fuck they're going to call <laughs> I it. I think they're going to call it eleven. My struggle three. So oh shit, that's of, what it's called. Yep. Uh, funny. Kind of a kind of a um, a bonus bonus take for for our loyal our loyal fans who who are listening to this. Tell me your uh, tell me your thoughts, your hopes, your expectations leading into into season eleven, man. Um, I have, I have, honestly, I have pretty high expectations. Um, yeah. Yeah, which is funny because you and I, we were pretty clear. We were, you know, we're very honest about the way we feel about shit, despite how much we love shit. We're also not afraid to be honest with ourselves about sometimes. And I think we were pretty honest and fair with X-Files. We, we, we spanked it on the ass a little as it deserved, but there was also celebration as well. Um, And I think, and I, and and I'm hoping that, we see some good TV from the X-Files in season 11. I'm, I'm hopeful that it is good. I have pretty, uh, because, because it's, because of the actors, I have pretty high expectations. Um, and I am excited. I, I can't not be excited for X-Files. I haven't seen. That's just the simplest way to put it. I'm just excited for X-Files. I haven't seen. And um, I'm hoping, if I'm being honest, that it's a little bit better than season 10. You know, season 10 was floundering with a couple of gems. Uh, the werewolf yep. episode was fucking incredible. The were monster. I love that episode. I love that actor. I thought that was great. Um, but yeah, man, I, what, that's, that's kind of all I got. I'm definitely watching. I'm definitely excited. We're definitely covering it. Yep. Um, yeah, schedule, schedules to come. I think it's, it's going to air on Wednesdays. So you and I should talk if we're going to record on Thursdays. That probably works. Yep. Perhaps Mm -hmm. that, that might be the way we do it. Yep. Um, and then we'll figure out when episodes are going to drop, but I think, uh, let's do it. I'll just throw it out now. Like let's do live recordings. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. We didn't do that last time around. Nope. We're a lot more set up for it now. Last time yeah. too, we had a fucking weird schedule. But I, I think, I think I can commit to 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 a to an evening. It'd have to be later Thursday. I think that would work for me. Not, yeah, not maybe it might not have to be super late though. Yeah, I don't think so. So we'll talk about it. We'll we'll have it up. Uh, check us out on uh, on the Facebook and on the website libertystreetgeek.net mm-hmm. uh, slash schedule. Yeah. Uh, and uh, go to our uh, Facebook page. There is a subpage for the X-Files, thanks to uh, Ben Prue's push, uh, which is going to be happening. And I'll say I, I've, uh, I've stayed spoiler-free as I normally do. I haven't even watched the promo. I just did, the one that was on because I was watching football and there was like a teaser and I saw that. But. Yep. <clears throat> Here's the, the, only thing I, the only thing I've read which makes me very helpful. This is the only fact I know. It's it's 10 episodes. There are two mythology. There are eight standalone episodes. I am very, very optimistic about this this coming season. Mm-hmm. I've, my, my issues with season 10, I think largely- They're documented. Were, <laughs> they're documented. <laughs> you, if you've been listening to us for a bit, you know them. But they tried to do so much in very little time. They tried to cram so much and wrap so many fucking, so much convoluted fucking mythology Oof. together. And it had been such a layoff. And, you know, the actors, they, yes, they still know who they are and they still know these roles, but there was just so much to fucking, there's so much baggage, right? Indeed. And I think, I think that they're going to move past that baggage. They're going to have a little bit of mythology to deal with because they left it on such a cliffhanger. But I think they're just going to kind of shoulder past that. I don't have, I will say this, like don't have huge expectations about the first episode because I don't know what you can do with that whole fucking, that whole thing that led into it. But yeah, the mythology was the weaker part of the ten. Yep. And, uh, and uh, yeah, Ben Prue in the chat right now talking about uh, actually 
kind of echoing some of my thoughts. Heard heard the first episode might be might be tricky, but the next few are really good, and that's that's why I ex- expect I expect them to get back to what made X Files so good. Chris Carter's a smart man. He's going to listen. Mm-hmm. He's going to. They're gonna. They're all gonna listen. You got writers coming back. You got Darren Morgan. You need those um, guys. Yeah, you got Morgan Wong. Like you can't have Chris guys. Carter write them all. You just can't. Nope. Uh, so yeah, I'm psyched. <laughs> and I saw. I I even saw like in that one quick look I took. I saw Chris Carter had written an episode that he didn't direct, which is also promising. Um, you know, get away like from the Lucas. Too. The get away from yeah. the Lucas syndrome. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm psyched. I'm glad to be talking X-Files still. And it's, it's really exciting to think that we're going to be talking X-Files on the reg. Pretty cool. Huh? Be forced to be not because we're going to give you false promises <laughs> <laughs> about when our next episode. <laughs> right. And, uh, we still got to squeeze Clyde Bruckman in there somewhere. Yep. Well, we got nine days and next week I'm yeah. back to normal plague free. Right. Yeah. We'll try to fire that one. Plus up walking dead's done. And oh. Stranger Things is done, and a couple Monday recordings I had set up are done. So, yeah, we should look at this coming week to bang that fucker out because it's just too good. I like it. Mm-hmm. I All like right. it, bud. Cool, man. Well, this is a blast. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that uh, we got this done, and it was fun. It was great to talk about. Yeah, dude. And it is fun. It's super fun to talk about X Files, man. It's a good time. Hey, and uh, Merry fucking Christmas, dude. Yeah, me too. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to all the listeners. Thank you guys very much for tuning into the live chat. Um, we had more people than expected. That was unexpected and awesome. So thank you guys for that. And uh, I suppose we're going to catch you uh, on the flip side, guys. So uh, that's that. Have a nice Christmas and all that shit. Happy New Year, right? Fucking A. All right, fucking A. To the X Files podcast by LSG Media. Visit us on the web at libertystreetgeek.net. That's libertystreetgeek.net. Mm-hmm.